Gentlemen, and welcome back to Scryer's Syndrome podcast. I'm Ben Gilman. As always, I'm joined by Tom Hill. Hey! And Dan Rodge. Hi, yes. And it's our 30th anniversary, which is typical for Troy Salmon not to be here again. The lazy bastard. Um, we, but we can now guarantee you that it won't be shit shows this week, at least. So, you know, that will be at least an absolute... Uh, hold your horses, hold your horses. One of them <laughs> up in arms. Unless Dan's got an idea. I don't know. Uh, One of them might have you up in arms. Ben says there's going to be no shit shows. Dan says, hold my beer. Hold my beer. I can outdo Troy. And I don't think... Hang on. I I think they're great. I think they're awesome. I do. But you might think differently. So, fair play. So, I... Basically, we can guarantee you that there will be no... This is the only charm reference you're getting this week. We do apologise. <laughs> um, we're getting down oh, from the tree that we put him in next for next week, hopefully. Because, um, you know, it'll be the Halloween... Non-Halloween special, because... Well, I won't be doing True Blood with these guys in two weeks. So, how are yeah. you guys, anyway? Yeah, I'm doing really well. What about you, Tom? <clears throat> yeah, not bad, not bad. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> Lovely. You sound so happy. You sound like you're doing a fake laugh. I know you've got a cough, so but it does sound like you're trying to do a hidden a wink to someone. I, I don't know what you're talking about, but neither do I. So anyway, let's get on. So Tom, you're up first. Am I? Yeah. Right, hmm? well, fair enough. Fine, I'll go first then. I'll give you a bit well, more time. Um, no, I'm I'm perfectly happy to go first, don't mind. <laughs> I just want to get mine out of the way because I really don't if, have much. If you want to go first, then I shall stand aside and let you have the floor, Mr. Gilman. Okay. And they say chivalry's dead. It is dead. <laughs> it's underneath my foot. Um, so basically, I wanted to talk and about. Um, uh, I do apologize. Um, I do want to talk about one show that I saw. Somehow it appeared on Netflix from my. I, I'm a bit too old for this, and I think it's a really bad show, so I'm just going to get straight into it. It's a very quick one. Pokemon. Pardon? Pokemon. Oh, dear. I mean, I don't know why people Boy, think this is such a good anime. Influencing people by not being on this show where Ben is destroying our careers by torching <laughs> Pokemon. <laughs> oh, I'm setting fire to Pokemon, and then I'm going to put all the Pokemon fans that like the anime, and I'm going to jump on them too. Um, that might make me a child murderer, though, because mostly kids like Pokemon, but I'm willing to do that. A big bonfire of dead children. That's what I'm willing to do. Um, can someone, can someone please just caption that one phrase completely out of context? That I is, just that want that beat. phrase. That is a me. Bed out of context. What else is new? So basically, if you don't know what it is, it's human cockfighting. It's monster cockfighting, basically. Um, Poor animals get locked in a ball and animated animals. 
Yeah, I, I we would like to point out this is a Japanese animation, but you already know that I don't. This is the one show that I don't have to do background on. Everyone knows Pokemon. <laughs> um, I don't know. I just find um, I was 15 when this came to the UK. We got it in 99. I don't know about America, um, but I was too old for it. So I've always bypassed Pokemon. I've never liked the games. Never got into the games, but I'm sure the games are fine. The anime, though, I was more of a Gundam Dragon Ball Z guy. Well, if you were, you were. But like you're talking about, for me, like being a, just slightly younger than you, I was sort of supposedly too old for it, but not really in my mind. I, I really was still majorly into it when it first came out. Plus, it was a refuge. I was in boarding school. And when <clears throat> Pokemon was on, it meant that you were not going to get messed around with and no one was going to be, like, getting at you because the moment someone even there'd be someone else going, and everyone would have to quiet down. They took it really seriously. Between that and Final Fantasy VII, those were my two sort of survival tactics for boarding school. <laughs> now, now you make me feel bad for trashing this show now. I Look, after the, first, after the first generation, I completely lost track of it. Now it's just... Like, Detective Pikachu was a good movie, surprisingly. Oh, yeah, that's a good movie. But that's but, because Pikachu mm. actually says more than Pika, Pika, Pikachu. That's one of the reasons I hate this show. They, all they say is um, their names. I don't know. It's just, it's noisy. It's, um, I just I mean, look at it, it and. Like the last, the last episode we were talking about Black Clover and you were talking about Asta. And about how loud and noisy he was and repetitive he was. And... Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It's a consistent taste point for you. Uh, dude, your mic's a bit off. Yeah. My mic's a bit off? Yeah, it's yeah. kind of coming and coming and coming and going. So that was it sounds cool. like it sounds like I'm having a conversation with you in the swimming pool. I can hear you above the water and you go down and it's <laughs> muffled. Well, is this any better? Yeah. Yeah, you're sounding fine right now, yeah. We can right, we then. understand what you said. Um yeah, but no, no, no. Like... What it what it was is my cat's here as well. Oh, hello, Mr. Kitty. Um, Will you stop sticking your microphone into your cat? (laughs) Podgy decided to lie down half on the phone. Okay, fair enough. (laughs) Lovely. Um, No, I do like Team Rocket. They're always funny. Um, But I just, I don't know. I just, because the one thing you get as an anime fan, and I'm sure Troy's not here this week, because it's like, when you say, oh, do you like anime? The first thing someone is, it's normally a, a really a, a knob. We go, oh, do you like Pokemon? It's that type of thing where I don't talk about my anime love a lot because people immediately go to Pokemon and go, you like Pokemon, don't you? I mean, I respect the games, but just the anime is absolute advertising. <laughs> I mean, like, the voice acting is um, fine, I suppose. It's got energy. Um, but I don't know how everyone became anime fans because of this show. It's a gateway show. It was also the fact that it came alongside 
Game Boy games, which were highly addictive, and a trading card game, which was hugely successful. So it was like the triple threat. It's crap for kids. Um, I remember uh, the school playground, we used to trade Pokemon cards for stuff. It was like money. It was like currency. I didn't because I hated Pokemon. I stayed away from it. (laughs) One thing is there's a guy called Brock. He never opens his eyes. That's quite unsettling. And I think Ash sounds like a 40-year-old smoker who's had 20 cigarettes a day. Um, I don't know. I just never got into it. And I think Pikachu is just... Uh, yeah, so I brought the, I've brought I've, I've made it so far in the ground. Um, yeah, I just decided to come ready on Pokemon today, basically. Sorry. Can we actually have another call out to the audience? Anyone who is recording things for memes? That Pikachu is... Yeah. That was perfect. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's who I've got. I'm not going to rag hard on Pokemon. (laughs) But I will rag on the people that like the anime. The video games, fine. Fine. I'll leave that there. I don't hate Pokemon fans. I just hate the anime. I'm backing off of it. I just, I hate the fact. I, I feel like it's like me, venom, um, shouting my venom at people that hate anime, who laugh at anime because they just think it's all Pokemon and stuff. That's the image that they get from anime is Pokemon. That's why I hate it so much, mostly. Okay, so you don't really hate it. You, you're not. I do. A oh no, I hate Pokemon. I, hate I think the it, image it has. Pikachu, I just want to punch in the face until he bleeds. <laughs> I, I, I want to set fire to Mr. Mine. I mean, that's nightmare fuel. Um, just all the designs. I just want to set fire to all the Pokemon. I just want to set fire to Ash. I just want to set fire to the whole world of that show. Welcome to Buddhism Corner. Yeah, Buddhism Corner. But I haven't sworn so far, so I'm going to move on to something a bit better. <laughs> okay. Um, I've been re-watching a show called Skins, which yeah. is um, a very popular... Well, it was a very big show on Channel 4 back in the day. It's not around anymore. It's got a, uh, uh, a failed American remake, like every single one of them. Um, basically, uh, are you guys fans? No. Um, yes and no. I didn't dislike it, but I was never like a mega fan. Okay, so how far did you watch it? Did you drop off for the About yeah. 10 minutes. Okay. <laughs> I um, think I watched the first couple of seasons. Okay, so I've watched all of Skins. Okay. Uh, when I was younger, it's, uh, it ended about 2013, so it started about 2007, right, Tom? The first generation uh-huh. was 2008, 2007. It, it might have been slightly earlier than that, but yeah, it was around then somewhere. Yeah, um, it's basically about a bunch of horny teenagers, um, and every two years they would change the cast to keep it fresh, so they would do a yes. two year series. Um, <laughs> and I'm gonna tell you now, I think it's glamour. I've watched it again recently, and it's kind of, I still think the first generation is much better than the second generation. Um, there's a character called Effie. That is problematic for the third and fourth season for me. I've never really liked her. Um, 
I like the actress. She's gotten better. She's been in better stuff since she's gone to Hollywood. Kaya Solodico. Solodico. Do you know her name, Tom? The name rings a very vague bell, but I'd need to actually go and look it up. Yeah. She's been in a alligator horror movie, Crawl, and Pirates <laughs> of the Caribbean. So she is a good actress. I'd almost certainly know her from Pirates of the Caribbean, I'd have thought. But since they cast actual teenagers in the roles, not like in America where it's obviously a 30-year-old trying to be a high school kid. <laughs> um, don't know what you mean, Ben. I, d- I don't know. No, The thing for me is about skins. It's just these people are partying all the time and having sex. Now, when I was a teenager, none of this happened. Like, there were house parties. <laughs> but they make it... You know, yeah, so let's see. I mean, I had... Okay, I'm not going to get into it too deep. We did those things with my friend circle, but we didn't <clears> do, like, 24-7 house parties and in glamorous locations. It is a bit silly. Yes, but then uh, how do a bunch of like twenty somethings afford glamorous New York apartments? Thank you. <laughs> no, but the thing about skins is those twenty something beings in New York tend to have a consistent tone. Yeah. This show, this show is like a buckling horse. Sometimes you don't know what you're going to get. One minute, it's, sometimes it can be quite good. And then sometimes it can just be a bit much. I, I I think it hasn't aged as well as I remember it. I still like the first two seasons a lot. There's some very good moments. I think I stopped uh, watching it when I realised they changed the cast, so probably beginning of season three. Yeah, the problem it's probably is... probably when I went, you know what, three. done. <laughs> the problem is, season three, <coughs> the characters are massive knobheads. Um... <coughs> I mean, you had that in season one and two with Tony, who is now um, playing Beast in a lot of um, different roles in America. Can you Nicholas guys help with names? I don't have names today. Nicholas, Nicholas Holt. Holt. Nicholas Holt. He's really Absolutely good. I mean, brilliant actor. The, the magic trick that they did with season one is make Tony an absolute massive asshole, and then um, make you feel sorry for him for the season two. They've somehow managed to make you sympathetic to him, and I think that's a masterstroke, actually. Because he wrecks the entire friendship group, doesn't he, Tom, in the first season? Mm. Yeah, he's a dick. And um, He's a proper dick. Of, he gets hit by a car, and I remember punching the air when that happened. Um, I didn't react quite that extremely, but I get what no, you mean. He, but karma's a bitch, and he got it. And um, <laughs> I, did, I did enjoy the second season. A lot more because you know he's humbled a bit, and they slowly rebuild the friendship circle. And third, I don't know, season three and four, there was a lot of dick swinging. It was a bit shit. And five and six was okay. Okay. Uh, and return to form. But yeah, I just thought I'd talk about skins. It's on E4 and Netflix. Um, and it has given rise to quite a lot of uh, Joe Dempsey, who's in Game of Thrones, and a lot of um, other roles. He's come through there. Um, Devel Patel is a very famous uh, Middle Eastern yep. British actor. He's gone to big things, Marigold Hotel and stuff, and uh, Slum Slum Dog, <clears throat> Slum Dog Millionaire. Yeah, 
Um, another go, quite a lot of the uh, cast from the first two seasons have gone into big things. Um, so, yeah, um, I thought I'd recommend that. The first two seasons, not the rest of it. You can set fire to the other, the other four seasons, I think. So yeah, that's me pissing on everything this week. Right, you guys can I, can I just make a point that I've I've thought of? I don't know if this is apropos of nothing or anything like that, but what you're talking about made me think about something. What? I think the point that I stopped watching Skins was somewhere around the first sex scene. What was wrong <laughs> with it? I don't know, and it made me think. Why did why did that? make me stop because it's not like I choose shows based on sex scenes is it and then I went but on things that are anything from sort of that through misfits through any of your sort of run-of-the-mill slightly paranormal or supernatural or super-powered thriller drama kind of things that are for a, a larger audience everything up to like game of thrones level it is kind of the quality of the sex scene that makes me go well if they've done this right then let's give the rest of it a shot because <laughs> it's not just like thrown in your face kind of thing or I something over glamorized or something i mean in misfits it was done well because there was humor attached to it yeah and there was yeah. fucking up attached to it all the time and that yeah. and that was quite charming and in game of thrones there's this element of get your hands off your sister pretty much or if you're a lannister get your hands on your sister show? or if you, if it's you're a lannister get your hands on your sister um, yes but my point was the audience reaction is get your hands off your sister whilst yeah. the lannister is getting his hands on his sister. Uh, actually dan I wanted to tell you something, actually. My wife, the other day, um, obviously, we watch a lot of TV together. Um, I think I brought up in every episode so far on this podcast, actually, at some point. Um, <laughs> so, basically, she has asked me about why do Americans uh, sh- are very careful, but British people, our shows are, here's some butts, here's some anal sex, here's full-on almost nudity. Um, and I can't explain it. We're filthy bastards in this country, I think. It, it goes a long way back. It goes a long, long way back. You want to find the beginnings of that, you've got to go to people like Chaucer. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Absolutely. One of the first knob jokes in history. <laughs> it's, it's, been, it's been a part of our culture that has persisted as something like through... Shakespeare and d- turning someone into a fucking donkey-headed person. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Through, like, I don't know all the things. I wouldn't Even be able Shakespeare to had up. your mum joke. Yeah. Like, yeah. I wouldn't it's be able daddy, to get spotted history of it all, but we've always maintained that sort of, there's been a relationship with the sort of farcically gross or misconceived like the no. bearded lady. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The Monty Python bearded lady bit. That's not unique to them. That's something that had been around for years and years. And it was always a piss take. And it was always intended to be as much. In America, 
the bearded lady was a sideshow attraction. In England, it was a comedy prop. It's two different like cultures. It was like um, I, even we were talking the other day about it. Bottom, mm. right? Completely gross out humor, and we're just here for it. <laughs> That's true. Hmm. Yeah, but so that's what I just wanted to talk about today. Uh, we're dirty bastards. Cool. Okay. Right. Which one of you? Which one of you two boys would like to do the next honors? Well, I'll take it if Tom doesn't want it. I'm absolutely fine with letting you go before me, man. I don't mind. All right then. Okay. So for this week's episode, I have two picks um i'm gonna leave sort of the main meat of what i've been preparing for second so first off i wanted to talk about something which i consider a guilty pleasure okay can't be worse than pokemon it's down it can be it's a six episode 1995 british television drama adapted by andrew davies from a, an 1813 novel of the same name. I feel the, like I should know this and it's not coming. Me too. And I'm, I'm deliberately leaving out details because you will get it straight away. You'll probably get it from this. The series actually inspired an author to write a best-selling novel which turned into a best-selling movie. The author was Helen Fielding. Would you care to guess at the novel from just that? The, well, the novel I can automatically guess at. The original book um, is going to be Pride and Prejudice. Exactly. Yeah, because Helen Fielding is Bridget Jones's diary. Exactly. Well done, Tom. Thank you for playing. What's <laughs> the name of the show? The name of the show is the adaptation of Pride and Prejudice, the Jane Austen novel. Is this the Colin Firth one? This is the Colin Firth one. Oh, yes. yeah. This, I've seen yeah. this. The famous scene in the, in the pond, yeah. I've yeah. seen this because uh, my wife is a bit of a Colin, um, is a Colin Farrell fan. Um, Colin Firth. So we watch this on Netflix. It's the very well made. Up. It's very good. It's very good. Pride and Prejudice. Uh, it's fantastic. It's brilliant. If you haven't watched it, go and get it. There's a very no good adaptation of the original book. Find it. That is also true, Tom. Yes, it's uh, <laughs> fantastically acted. It's. Uh, I know it's quite old, but like, yeah, it's. Um, it's. It still looks really good, and the costumes are amazing. The BBC's always been good at costume dramas, though. That's that big strength for theirs, isn't okay, it? Really. So as to the costumes. Uh, to give proper credit where credit was due, Dinah Collin was the designer of pretty much everything. There are a few things done by others, but Dinah Collin has the vast majority of the credit for designing all the costumes for the series. Okay. Um, they were so good that some of the costumes, mostly those worn by extras, were reused 
on and on and on afterwards. Okay. Um, the only thing I don't get is why do you consider this a guilty pleasure? It's a brilliant adaptation. Why do I consider it a guilty pleasure? Because it's a good the the sort of the frocks on the box kind of TV is is not for me. <laughs> well, really... you show me those people that would laugh at you for like a pose of prejudice, and I and I dick whip them with my dick in the face. You just line them up, Dan. I'm never going to do that. For your you can sake, always rely on Ben for the classy response. <laughs> you should you should be proud that you like such a good show. You know, come on now. Okay, okay, well, no. A guilty taken away from the title of, of how I feel about no, this. If, if, if it's, if, I just wondered because a guilty pleasure is something that you know people are going to absolutely rail you for, like being a fan of Home and Away or something like That's that. The thing. That's a guilty pleasure. <laughs> being a fan of Charmed is a guilty pleasure. I mean, you you, you know, you're you're not you're. It's okay to be a fan of Pride and Prejudice, mate. All right. Well, thank you very much for all of your permission and all of your validation. <laughs> so moving forwards with this, because we don't want to just have this be a therapy session the whole way through. <laughs> yes. Okay. I'm slightly worried by this second pick. I um, want to point out um, just the one person in particular that I remember more than anyone else from this entire cast, which is Benjamin Whitrow. Mm. Right. Benjamin Whitrow unfortunately died in 2017. Um, he was nominated for the best actor role for his role as Mr. Bennett in Pride and Prejudice, the head of the family of the Bennetts. Um, he played the voice of Fowler in Chicken Run. Oh, yeah. And uh, he was also oh, in. Oh, him! Uh, Personal yeah, yeah. Services and Bomber. I just wanted to point out that his his portrayal of, of Mr. Bennett is just it's understated, it's subtle, it's reserved, it's fucking comedy gold in the style of Dave. It's brilliant. He has just this stoic, sarcastic mastery down pat and I just want to say that's absolutely brilliant mm. other than that I'm going to finish off by giving them their due and saying that the show actually managed to receive BAFTA television award nominations for best drama serial, best costume design best makeup best wigs, best wigs. Um, I mean, Colin Farrell on his own. My God, look at the man's hair. Yeah. At some point. Mm. I am it, the fashion it, man of this podcast. Yeah. I like me some detail in my clothing. They're good. It, it was outstanding. And to be honest, the set design and the clothing design and everything actually do make it. Mm. And it they, put some, they put some money so, behind it. You know what I mean? So good many job. awards for all of that. It was absolutely brilliant. Uh, go and watch it if you if you can't find it. What the hell is wrong with you? You must be blind. It's literally everywhere. It'll be in a DVD shop. It'll be on BBC iPlayer. It'll be for download, for sale somewhere. 
Netflix. And it's worth it to have it forever. Netflix. Right? It's on Netflix. Go watch it. Go. Go. See, I told you we threatened to dick whip people, gave you the confidence. See, there you go. You're owning it now. There we go. Job done. <laughs> now that we have that over with, yeah. I should dick no, whip going to. No, please don't. Um, <laughs> we're going to move on to something which I did today. Because I knew that we were going to be doing this. Uh, it's quite late in the evening for anyone who doesn't know. And we were going to be doing this podcast at this point. I thought this is a perfect time to just spend a day completely immersing myself in a show and giving you my honest opinion of it mm. for as how far I got in the show. Mm. Um, so there was a couple of shows that I've been meaning to watch. And one of the ones that I don't think we've covered is a recent Netflix show uh, that premiered in 2019 uh, based on the 2015 comic book and short film of the same name by Dennis Liu. It is mm -hmm. called Raising Dion and it's a superhero family drama. I've been meaning to watch this. I haven't heard of this, so I'm intrigued. So, how am I supposed to give an overview of this? Well, it's French. <laughs> uh, it's not, though. Oh, I thought the actor was French. Oh, I do apologise. Sorry, I thought the actor was. I thought the director was French. I do apologise. So. This is a show that primarily takes place from three distinct viewpoints. So there are three kind of, <clears throat> we're actually calling them in some kind of way protagonists in this. The first viewpoint is the viewpoint of a young boy who <coughs> is called Dion, Dion Warren. He's played by Josiah Young. I'm not sure if he's been in anything else. I've heard of him. Check. Um, he's been in Rough Night, Nicole and OJ, television shows Billy on the Street, Nickelodeon, Sunny Day, and many other commercials. He's a child actor. And this is a really, really good role that he's playing. He's doing really well. And... I don't have anything bad to say about his portrayal. He plays a very consistent sort of head in the clouds, semi-bewildered, trying to fit in and be cool in a new situation kid who's also developing superpowers that might seem limitless and everything's getting scary. It's difficult for a children, for a good child actor, I think, because they're so young, they don't have the experience of acting a lot. That's good to hear. He's great in this everything i've seen so far has made me care about the character to a very great extent and to you know i feel like i can get into the way that the character is thinking and for a child actor to be able to pull all of that off properly he can sometimes look a bit hammy but it feels like a kid 
just being like overreactive and dramatic and it's it's part of the character it doesn't feel like the actor doing it it feels like it's the character doing it very very good so he's one of the perspectives this kid who's developing superpowers and really doesn't know what the hell to do and is trying to fit in at school and wants to basic because he's developing superpowers wants to be a superhero when he grows up to be like his dad who died saving someone in a storm his dad who was a storm hunter scientist the second perspective is his mother who's played by alicia wainwright mm-hmm. yeah um she plays someone called nicole reese so she's gone back to using her maiden name because she was together with uh, Dion's father, who is Mark Warren, played by Michael B. Jordan. Nice. But that's not the third perspective. The third perspective is uh, the person who plays her husband's best friend and research partner. And that's a guy called Pat Rollins, played by Jason Ritter. who is absolutely fantastic and has been in a number of other things. Um, He was Sean Walker in the NBC series The Event. He played Dipper Pines in Gravity Falls. Uh, He's known for his role as Kevin Girardi in the television series Joan of Arcadia. Okay. Um, And he does really well here as the sort of the unlucky in love and good-hearted and curious and still kind of believes that science kind of leads to magic and things are possible. And he's kind of trying to be helpful all the time and he's always on the cusp of completely fucking everything up and turning everything to shit, but he manages to stay one step ahead of the game. He's also hapless and clueless and sort of accepts any female kindness as being sort of, oh, okay, you have romantic interest. Oh, okay, that must be nice. So he's a pillock, is basically where we're going with this. He is, he is, and he's a very <laughs> lovable pillock with it. He's like completely harmless and just really, really nice guy. And then his story gets really, really interesting. Um, but these are the three perspectives you have throughout the entirety of season one. Season two's on the way. Only one season has happened. Um, the show centers around the trials and tribulations of this mother trying to survive in a world where Netflix exists. By the way, because uh, Jason, Jason Ritter's character's ringtone is the Stranger Th- Things theme tune. <laughs> Cute. This this show's full of cute moments like that. It's very well done. It's nice. Um, but yeah, this, this idea that she doesn't know where her son's powers are coming from, they're just starting to happen, and she's been without uh, her husband for four years and hasn't moved on, and like all these things have 
strange things have started happening just as she's just starting to get her life back together and she's also facing a little personal crisis at the same time. And things quickly snowball and things quickly get very, very interesting indeed and a lot of different narratives split off. Her with her friends, um, one of her friends is her husband's best friend and her other friends have this whole narrative going. She has the narrative with her son and what they're going through and what they're telling each other and not telling each other at different points. And her reaction to his developing powers, like there's this wonderful scene at one point, she's sitting at a kind of breakfast table. And she's like on a laptop doing a bit of work on something and she sees a cupboard open. And a pack of Cheetos (laughs) flows out of the cupboard. (laughs) And she follows the floating pack of Cheetos into the room to where her son is sitting, not looking, but with his arm outstretched while he's still watching something on his tablet. And just as the pack of Cheetos are about to hit his hand, she just snatches them out of his hand. (laughs) And she's like, not until after breakfast. And he immediately counters with their for his pet. And I'm not going to tell you anything about the pet because it ruins something. So, yeah. Um, Really, really well done. The story is fascinating. It's based on a comic by a guy called Dennis Liu. Um, It completely turns the perspectives and ideas of origin stories of superpowered beings on its head. It's really cleverly done. I haven't seen any sort of, I haven't seen the end of the series yet. I'm very close to it. I have no idea what's going to happen. Um, I absolutely adore this show. Well done to everybody involved. Uh, I want to send a particular shout out to one of the actresses in it, which is just because... Yes, the role was kind of made to be this, but she does completely slay this role. I think it's her first role. Her name is Sammy Haney. And she plays Dion's new best friend. Except at the beginning, he doesn't know this yet. And she's this girl who obviously has some sort of growth issue. And she's in a wheelchair. And that's like completely real life. That's just the actress's condition as well. And she is incredibly funny. And her comic timing is absolutely perfect. And she just gets this sort of, she has this attitude where she's already seen the hardships at that young age. And she's like, kids teasing doesn't even faze me at all. I'm just going to stand my ground. There's one point where there's this party happening and the mother sees her son have a complete meltdown and blame this friend for everything. And the mother's gone down the garden to try to get to him and she doesn't know what she's gonna do. And this kid in her wheelchair just rolls past and goes, don't worry, Mrs. W, I got this. And it's just like, it's perfect. And yeah, I absolutely adore this show. I was completely absorbed in it. What do you think? I'm strong. It's on my list. I'm going to go watch it after this, I think. 
Yeah, I'm intrigued. It's brilliant. Like now, if this yeah. was Troy, I would say ha 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 ha. It's Dan, so I feel like I should try it out. <laughs> Definitely. Bit of, a, bit of a double standard there, Ben. Uh, with Troy, I know he's apparently had a good upswing recently, but you know, there's always that suspicion that it's another you know, child. It's not. Yeah, 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 yeah. With Dan, Dan's Dan's on my level. You're on my level. Get on my level. Get on my. Get on the Neville level. Right. That's your level. Okay. Thank you, Dan. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Tom? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, Benjamin. Call me Benjamin again. Benjamin no, again? Be okay. You'll be Benjamin shaving again. your beard like what you'd be like washing a sheep in a field. You have no beard. My apologies, Benjamin. Thank you, sir. I never realised your full name was Benjamin again. Oh, you're funny. Bunch of stand up comedians here. Right, go on. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, right. So I've got a couple of picks this week, and they're very, very different from each other. I was going to go with something completely different, but the absence of Troy has meant I've decided to leave it until he's around, because I imagine him having a heart attack when I mention this show. So I'm going to leave that one, because that will amuse me. So he's going to drop dead of a heart attack when he returns. Oh, no, 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 I think he's just going to go into that. <laughs> you, know, you know the Troy reaction to something. Yeah, it sounds like he's masturbating. Yeah, I've heard that noise quite a lot. But I've never, I've never come across Troy masturbating, so I'd have to take your word. No, you're right. It's just the sound he makes. It sounds like masturbation. <laughs> so, right, anyway, we've kicking him a lot. Let's let Tom do his thing. Sorry. Right. Okay, so the first one is a show that I heard about a few years ago, and I just haven't got around to watching because I thought, eh, I wasn't sure. It's The People versus O.J. Simpson. Yes. If any of you come across this. It's on my list again. It's on your list, okay. Dan? Uh, never was interesting. Netflix. It's a Netflix show. It's um, it's absolutely brilliant. Is all I'll tell you. I, I, a few days ago, I was kind of looking around to see if there was something new and different, and it came up because Netflix recommends it to me regularly. And I thought, you know what, sod it. I may as well have a watch. And I was. Before you get into the show, do you find that Netflix has too much good stuff and it's sometimes hard to know where to pick the next show? No. I'm having that problem. <laughs> I get, like, Netflix freeze. Like, I I know there's a million things to watch, but I always just, I just can't seem to decide what to watch on Netflix because they always seem to be pumping <laughs> new stuff in. Anyway, Netflix stuff. always seems to recommend to me things that I look at and go, well, why would I like that? It doesn't seem to get me... As a person, it can see that the last five things I watched were Red Dwarf, Sherlock, Dracula, and oh, something else. And yet it doesn't recommend shows that fall into that kind of thing at all. But let's... Stephen let's Moffat. Uh, yeah, sure. These are the kind of shows that I watch on a regular basis. So, I mean, obviously right now it's going to be saying that I'm watching True Blood because with two weeks to go until that, I've started re-watching that as well. But the point is, it doesn't seem to... Have any rhyme or reason to? You like this, so I'll recommend this. It's like, well, no, those two don't follow each other. So I go searching for stuff on Netflix. I don't have the same problem that you do. I find that it offers me weird stuff. Anyway, this is not the point. 
The People versus O.J. Simpson, American True Crime. Brilliant, brilliant work. So gripping, so good. Um, an amazing, it's got amazing, amazing cast. Um, O.J. Simpson played by Cuba Gooding Jr. Uh, David Trimmer's played plays um, Robert Kardashian, which is quite an interesting role because he was quite a major part of the whole case. There's a lovely moment in there where you've got Robert Kardashian talking to one of his children about how being famous for the hell of it is not worth it at all, and it's his daughter Kim, which I quite like just as a... considering she is famous for nothing I can work out in my world, in my life. She is just famous for being Kim Kardashian. Anyway, that's 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 a decide for another day. But I quite like the fact they put that in there. Anyway, okay. like I said, but there was loads of I. I mean, I knew the very basics of the O.J. Simpson. Um, the Amer- America, as they always do, because it was something going on in their country, said it was the it was the case of the century and all this shit. It really wasn't. Where, where it wasn't covered anywhere near that much in the UK. I mean, I remember the big points. I remember the the chase down the motorway in the bron- in the white Bronco. And I remember the fact that the glove didn't fit, which is what got him off. But I think off. we put too much stock into the royal family on this side. It's like a that, but that's not the argument. Anyway, that, that, that's not the point. But anyway, yeah. yeah. But there was so much stuff going on that I was just totally unaware of, and it's a. I mean, it's obviously some of it is fictionalized. But the cast is just, oh, so, so good. You've got John Travolta playing one of the lawyers. You've got uh, Sarah Paulson playing the lead prosecutor. You've got Nathan Lane as one of the backup team for OJ's defence. It's just a who's who of brilliant performers. And it's so well done. It's so gripping. It's so just brilliant. David Trimmer is flipping amazing in this. And I'm not his biggest fan, but he completely... Well, most things I sit and watch him and go, oh, that's the guy who played Ross from Friends playing something else, fine. This time I wasn't doing that. He completely drew me in with his character. And it's just... Yeah. It's a really interesting thing. It follows... I've gone and researched some of the points of the actual case, and it's fairly true to those things. Once again, obviously, it's done for show, but... I cannot recommend enough. It is so worth the watch. It is really, even though you know what the result is going to be, it's so worth going and watching this show. Cooper Gooding Jr. Jr. is fantastic in this. It's quite interesting. How, how does he handle the rowers at OJ? Because obviously he's a problematic. <laughs> do you make him sympathetic or do you make him an arsehole? How do they approach well, this? Him? Well, this is the thing. Cooper Gooding Jr. said that the, the director. Because um, it was the same director for quite a lot of it, but all of the directors did this. Was they shot it every single scene? They shot it five or six different ways, with him half the time playing it as if he was innocent, and half the time playing it as if he knew he was guilty. Oh wow! And then they took their favorite version, so they mixed it the whole way through. So half the time you're looking at him and you're thinking, "Yeah, he knows he did it," and sometimes you're thinking, "Oh, maybe he doesn't believe he did." So it, yeah, they did an amazing job with that. And they kind of they they mixed it up and they made it so that the whole time you're sitting there going, I wonder, I really wonder. It's just the only the only problem I ever had with it is 
even though he doesn't sound like himself, I'm still looking at Cuba Gooding Jr. And, and it's just a little thing. Yeah. His performance is good, but I'm still sitting there going, that's Cuba Gooding Jr. playing OJ Simpson. I had that problem with David Tennant. He's always got the same beard hair. You're always like, yeah, but you're David Tennant. Yeah, but that's his I face. Guess. You can't really no, do a I, huge amount of... Yeah, but I understand. Some actors have the same look for every role. Yeah, I completely get it. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, I mean, it's just because Cuba Gooding Jr. was so famous. Not Cuba Gooding yeah. Jr. Um, O.J. Simpson was so famous, it's hard to look at it and say, that's O.J. Simpson. Oh, I get I know O.J. Simpson's I, face. You know what I mean? I get it, yeah. I, I know what O.J. Simpson looks like. And Do although Cuba Gooding Jr. does a very good job, he doesn't look... 100% like O.J. Simpson. But the good thing is you can get past that because they've picked the right actor for the role. Absolutely. The oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a minor thing. It's a really minor thing. Yeah. But like I say, it is definitely worth a watch. I would recommend it. Dan, I know you're not. It's possibly not your thing. You For purely good acting, it's definitely worth a watch. All right. Well, if I stumble on it, then I won't just turn away. Yeah, no, fair enough. I'm not... I'm not going to tell you to watch something that isn't kind of completely in your wheelhouse. It just, it interested me and I've been putting off watching it for ages. And then this week kind of onto myself, well, why the hell did I not watch this up until now? The answer is too much Netflix stuff. Seriously, it's impossible sometimes. I don't spend as much time on Netflix as you do. No, but no, trust me, it's quite hard. It must be harder for you if you're part time on it. I mean, we spend most of our time on it and Disney plus and, my days, the amount of stuff on Netflix. Yeah. Well, I've, I've got Now TV as well, so I go through that kind of shit as well. I so, see. So you've got extra, and I don't know how Troy does it. He's got all of the stuff. Yeah, I've got, I've got pretty much. I have Disney Plus, I have Amazon Prime, I have Netflix, and I have Now TV. So I've got I don't a, know world, how you go. a world of options in front of me. I don't know how you do it. Anyway, the second pick. So. Anyway, yes, right. So my second pick is the complete flipping opposite. To this kind of thing. Well, not like, literally. It's a TV show. It's been around for about five, six years now. It's a BBC show. It's a, not a BBC show. It's a British show. It's a very British show. It's Up until now, it's been on Dave. It's just about to move to Channel 4. Taskmaster. It is. Taskmaster. I absolutely oh. love this. I, I don't know if we've ever talked about Taskmaster before. No, we haven't. No. My wife hates this show. And <laughs> I... I have shown her so many videos of it. It is the brilliant concept for a game oh, show. How can you it's... not love Taskmaster? Dan, do you know this show? Please tell me you do. Of course I know. Fan? It's... Not a fan? I love it. Because I imagine I it quite... falls right into... Knowing you, I imagine it love falls it, love right it, into love your it, Love it, love it, love it, love it. My question is, with Channel 4, are they, only doing their... are they only doing their version or have they managed to persuade Dave to let all four have all of the seasons of Taskmaster as well. Well, I, I've got absolutely no idea, but as far as I know, the format's not changing at all from what I've seen. God, don't change they've, it. They've kept, they've kept it to the same format. They've just they've moved to another channel. It's the same house. The the tasks are all written by the same guy. It's Good. I mean, I absolutely love the show, and they, I, I think they did something very similar. It shows just how quickly I got drawn into this show. That I didn't realise until like halfway through season three that actually the show was the brainchild of Alex Horn. Yeah, the small it's guy. his show, it's his creation, and he got Greg Davis to front it and yeah. then became the sidekick. 
And it's like, it wasn't until about the third season that I suddenly went, oh, Greg Davis isn't the one behind this. He's actually the guy next to him. I know how he's been treated like the bitch as well. I know, but he's oh, perfectly sorry, fine That was like that. the first thing anyone ever said to me about the show before I watched it. Was what? Was that it was Alex Horn. Yeah. Well, no, I liked Alex Horn and I knew he was the sidekick, but I had no idea that it was his invention. Yeah. As soon as I heard it was his invention, I went, of course it is. I looked, just looked at it again and went, yeah. Now, I, as soon as I know it, I can see it. But, I mean, it's... They've managed to get some brilliant comedians on it. I mean, there's some very good, like, um, documentary footage chatting with Alex Horn and Greg Davis about where it all came from. Because Greg Davis came on very early in this show and was kind of attached to it from very, very early on. So he's been through all of the ups and downs of it. And they were saying that the big thing for them was in season one getting Frank Skinner. Yeah. Because you had no idea whether this was going to be a show that was mean to the comedians or what it was. And even though the producers saying, oh, no, that's not what we're doing. Quite a lot of comedians were wary about coming onto the show because they thought they're going to make me look like a dick. Which is not the point of the show. It's stupid and it's funny, but there's no malice to the setups, you know? Yeah. No, it's honestly, react honestly to this ridiculous situation and then yes. try and perform the task. And, uh, and okay. some of the tasks are, I mean, there was an American remake. It did not work. I wonder why. Well, in fairness, Alex Horn was there for it. He was the sidekick to the presenter, whoever, uh, Reggie, somebody. America. Just yeah. watch our version. We speak the same language. I'm going to say this every week, man. Yeah. America. It just it, did, America. it didn't work. It got it got canned after one series in America, and um, yeah, some of they missed the humor. Like one of the comedians was just like nasty to Alex Horn, not even like funny. Yeah. Pissing. I mean, you remember like James Acaster never said hello to Alex in an entire series. Yeah. But that was kind of funny. It wasn't. But James A. Castor is kind of like he manages to pull off that "I'm the bully in the playground" without actually being a bully, crossing the line. Yes. Well, yeah. I mean, the thing I loved about that one was obviously they film all these tasks over months and months and months. It takes them forever to record this show. It takes ages, and um, they do it out of sequence. Yeah. And I love the fact that for weeks, for like nine weeks, you had James Acaster coming into every single um, task. Alex saying hello as he says to everybody and James ignoring him. And then on the final week was obviously the first task they did where James explained why he wasn't going to say hello. And it's like, okay, that's quite good. I like that. So he actually had explained himself on day one. And it just, the way they set it was so that that explanation didn't show up until episode 10. And I like, I like stuff like that. Because it's just, yeah, it amuses me and it brings me joy to see those kind of things. I mean, just trying to think, you've had some amazing people on it. Like the first season, most of these people are quite famous now, but most of them weren't that well known at that point. Like Josh Widdigan, Rasheen Connerty and Ramesh Ranganathan have all gone on to be quite big. Yeah. This is but, one of those shows that does that for people who are talented, though. Yes, it can do. Whereas Frank Skinner was kind of the name. And in fairness to him, he threw himself into every challenge. Um, 
You had Richard Osman and John, John Richardson appeared on Series 2 and Catherine Ryan. Yeah. Rob Beckett, Al Murray. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Noel Fielding, Hugh Dennis were in Season 4 and Joe Lycett, who I absolutely yeah. I think is hilarious. And, oh, Mel Good, that was, the, that was the series with Mel from uh, Mel and Sue as well. And, yeah. Yeah. I mean... Russell Ash- Ashley B, Mark Watson, Bob Mortimer, <coughs> Sally Phillips, all of these people have showed up and had a go at this show. Tim Vine, Russell Howard. It Ro- makes you realise how Davis. good the UK's, the British comedy mm. scene is. But also they've opened it They've opened it. It's not just comedians as well, though. They've opened it up to other people and they've opened it up to um, people from other countries. So uh, Rose Matafeo was in Series 9, so the last series that was on. And that was a very strong series. That had Ed Gamble, David Baddiel, and Joe Brand. So every year they've had big names oh coming my in the show. God. Have you not seen Season 9? No, I haven't seen any of Joe Brand. I need to see that. <laughs> yeah, Her she, reactions she, Joe, to the Joe challenges Dan, Joe Brand is Joe Brand. There's, that's I, all. I know, I know, and I love her for it. I love her so much. I can just see her unimpressed face at every challenge. Absolutely. I stand oh. Joe Brand. Good. But season 10 is probably starting in November. They, they've started doing trails on Channel 4 Little Teasers for it. And they've just got it as coming soon so far. And normally they do a series in November with Dave. So I'm assuming... Oh, I'm hoping it's next same. week. It's next week. Oh, it really? In the radio times, yeah. Woohoo! I, so, I supported someone today, and we normally read the Radio Times, and yet Taskmaster was featured. Um, it's in the listings for next week. I don't well, know maybe, what day. Maybe, maybe I saw something today when I was on the internet that said it was on, and that's what put me on to talking about it today. I don't know. But yeah, I I've been waiting something. for weeks for Taskmaster to come back. And the lineup this time, if you're interested, is Daisy May Cooper. Ah. You know who, do you know who she is? Yeah. Dan? Nope. Do you know the TV show This Country? Nope. Oh, that's a brilliant show. Well, oh. she is the writer of... It's, the, it's beautifully uncomfortable. It's the office kind of uncomfortable, beautifully oh, done. He won't watch it then, because we know... No, no, no. Dan I, I would recommend... Have, just have a look at one episode. You might not like it. I'll try it. You, I'll, try you, it. I'll try it. You will acknowledge the genius of it. If you say it's beautifully done, I have to. I have to. Yeah, I think I think that you will acknowledge the genius of it, but you'll probably be uncomfortable with it, because that's how I feel about that that show. But she's the writer behind it. She's the vision behind it. She's very funny. Um, let's see who else. Catherine Catherine Parkinson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, IT crowds. Yeah. Richard Herring. Oh. Is right. that a good O or a Say bad O? No Say no more. Good O or a bad O, Dan? Good O. Okay. But for me, um, I don't know this guy, Mawan Riz, Rizwan. He's a YouTube contributor, apparently. I don't, I don't know him. Oh, I've seen this guy. So, like, the name rings a bell, and positively, and I have no idea why. But for me, the one who I'm looking forward to, the fifth member is Johnny Vegas. Oh, yeah. I am so looking forward to Johnny Vegas on Taskmaster. Can I interrupt you here, Tom? Yes, of course you can. Whenever anybody says those two words, 
there is one scene in particular that just crosses my mind. Go on. It's from Shooting Stars. <laughs> right. It's when Johnny was one of the regularly recurring guests on Shooting Stars. Yeah. And it's just, I don't even remember anything else that happened around it anymore. I just remember they were in the middle of trying to set up answering some kind of question. Right. And Johnny reaches over and spills his pint. And everybody (laughs) stops and looks at him. Johnny just looks at the spilled pint. Like he, he, it's obvious that he knows everyone's looking at him. And it's like he doesn't even care. <laughs> and he just looks forlornly at this spilled pint and goes, every time I get close to something, it runs away. <laughs> 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 no, I do. I do love Johnny Vegas. The thing that I've seen him on most recently, and I'm sure I will talk about this show at some point, is 8 out of 10 Cats Does Countdown. Yes. And he appears on that, and he's very funny. <laughs> But yeah, like uh, just coming back to it, Taskmaster is one of the most original things that has appeared on TV in this millennium, to be brutally honest, is entertainment of the most simple and lovably enjoyable kind. Just brilliant I mean, entertainers being brilliant entertainers within a very loose framework. Yeah. I mean, I, one of my favourite challenges is the fill an egg cup with as many... With as many tears as possible. Well, throw a tea bag into a mug from the furthest distance. <laughs> it's just, it's the most, and automatically you yourself go right. Well, what would I do? You can start trying to think to yourself what 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 would be my way of challenging this, and then somebody almost invariably does what you would have done, and is crap at it, and you go, oh god, I would have been disastrous at this. <laughs> Which is, I absolutely love that. But yeah, there's just, oh, they even did a spot the difference challenge once, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Which was just absolutely a, a real life spot the difference. That's just fantastic. <laughs> but yeah. Um, Always leading up to that final level of it as well. Also, I just love Greg Davis is such a dick in the role. Especially when he signals somebody out to make, the, or obviously it's Alex Horn who's done it, to do tasks that they get nothing for. Like in the first series, I don't know if you remember, they, at the end of each episode, at the end, halfway th- at the end of each segment, they had Josh coming in and going, can you count the number of beans in a, in a Heinz tin and shit like that? And, about, and then he realised that actually he'd done it for no good reason whatsoever. There was no points assigned to it. There was nothing. They'd just done it to see if he'd do it. And they did it with sweet corn and beans. And I can't remember. There was just really finickety little things. <laughs> <laughs> and I think they did that with Mark Watson as well, where they challenged him to send a cheeky text message to um, Greg Davis for the next three months until the live show started. And so he was, and Greg Davis went, you know what, for about three weeks, I was getting these weird texts from a number I didn't recognise. I kept texting back going, who the hell is this? And getting no response. And then just another weird text message the next day. (laughs) And I just love shit, I love shit like that. But yeah, it's, ah, as shows go, I really hope Channel 4 don't try and fuck with the format. 
Yeah. Because you've got a winning format here. You let the comedians do the work. And they will, because that's what they want. Yeah. I mean, this is. There's a reason why so many great comedians and performers are actually now lining up to do this show. Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of hopeful that after this series they'll do another Champion of Champions because they did that after five series. Yeah. Mm. And I was utterly, utterly shocked that of all after the first five series, the winner of the Champion of Champions was actually Josh Widdicombe. He beat Bob Mortimer, Catherine Ryan, Noel Fielding, and Rob Beckett. And I thought he was in the weaker series, the original series, where they didn't. They did lots of stupid stuff, but they kind of didn't really push the envelope until the second series. He had the longest time to think about his performance and see other people since. Yes. But actually, he did it exactly the same way as he'd done in the first series. He looked awful, but somehow managed to achieve things better than most. But well, yeah, so, so hopefully, I mean, I'm kind of kind of hoping that after series 10, they'll do another Champion of Champions, which would be Lisa Tarbuck... Kerry Godleyman, Lou Sanders, and Ed Gamble, and whoever wins this series. Uh, I've got some announcements for you. Um, 74 episodes so far. Uh, Channel 4 have ordered 60, uh, six season deal. So seasons 10 to 15 will be aired on Channel 4 going forward. Doesn't guarantee that they'll actually do all of those. They've ordered them, but they could end up cancelling before that. Um, that's That's me being a cynic, but. I can't. As long as they continue to get good comedians and they keep coming up with good challenges, why would you stop this show? Anyway, yeah. So I know I've gone on quite a bit about this show, but I do. It holds a special place in my heart. I absolutely love it. It's. I don't need to think too much. I can just sit back and enjoy the stupidity of it, and I love that. So that that's me, Taskmaster. Yeah. Taskmaster is the my show of the week. Also, I've got some more news. Oh god! Um, when new season goes up, somebody's asked on Twitter, and Channel Four have announced that they have agreed with Dave to have all seasons one to nine from the previous nine seasons on all four. Okay. So that. I'm going to do that because I got to <laughs> watch a, I've got quite a bit missing. But that's great, isn't it? For Dave and Channel 4 to be. Well, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure Channel, Channel 4 have made a uh, generous donation to the Dave Coffers for that. <laughs> I have because the thing is, right? I mean, I love the fact that they've got season 10 to 15, hopefully. But it's really nice that Dave's let. Yeah, I like laptops, but I like to watch Taskmaster on the big TV. So to have it on all four, in a couple of months, you're just going to hear me bring Taskmaster back up. And I don't <laughs> apologise at all. Well, no, I've got, I, I, like I've said a million times, I don't mind if people bring up shows that I've brought up before because I love to debate this stuff. So no, okay. if you've got a uh, different view or anything like that, come at me. I will come at you. Um, I just won't shave you like a sheep. Ben, um, Ben, why Ben. Won't I do? Yeah. That was a figure of speech, Ben. Yes, I know, it's a joke. Um, but basically, we could do a Taskmaster special maybe next year once we've watched it all. We could do, up. but that does kind of break our rules about it has to be a finished show. 
Yeah, but I, I think we could break <laughs> that this one time because it's Taskmaster. Um, right. So, um, and Tro- oh yeah, Troy's not here. I, 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 yeah. Okay. So that's that. Yeah, um, Troy has been locked in the cupboard. Um. Yeah. So basically, um, that's it. So that's our thirtieth landmark episode in the books. Woohoo! It started sadly with burning animals and dick whipping. No. Well, no. It, it then went to dick whipping. Threats of dick whipping, and then it ended with a glorious high of celebration of comedy. So, <laughs> you know, quite an emotional episode. I guess so, and a little bit of an epic storyline there. You know, all the classic tropes, dick whipping, comedy. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I'm just doing the description now. Sorry, so sorry I just have to say it again, dick whipping. Dick whipping. That's my <laughs> description for the day. I might even put it in the uh, tags. Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. It's, it's almost definitely going to be in the tags at this point. Oh, by the way, guys, if you've managed to make it this far, please do give us a like. If you've managed yep. to make it this far, please do give us a subscribe. Yes. And yes. hit the bell as well if you want to hear everything that we actually do, if you're on YouTube or just, you know, follow us on whatever podcast app of your choice you are choosing. We don't, to. we're not like this every week. We don't talk about dick whipping every week. It's just this week. Um, every so often say... we take a break, probably. Also, the email, Tom, the email. Yes, square-eyed-syndrome2020 at gmail.com. Please do write to us. Give us suggestions of TV shows you think we should be watching. Come back at us yes. and tell us whether you like what we're doing. Just, it can't be worse than choice. No the more weird and wonderful, the better. If actually, if you can get us one that's worse than Troy's, we will want to like, shake your hand and buy you a pint when COVID is over. <laughs> like literally, Seriously. send us an email saying, "Watch this; it's ridiculously bad. Just watch it; it's so horrendously bad." And we will name and shame you on the podcast. Um, yeah, we just want to say you. There's 400 plus people who've watched the Friends special, so. Come subscribe. We know you're listening. Please. <laughs> Come Please. on. We really like doing this. And the more if people are the... listening, the more we get to do it. Exactly. Yeah. If you hit the red button, it doesn't start New World War Three with nukes, I promise you. Okay. So what right. was that? Was that a solid three minutes of shilling? That was yeah. a solid three minutes of shilling. I Wait think until we, we get merchandise. Twice in it. I think we need to do that at least twice a podcast, though. A proper good two or three minutes of shilling for our lives. Do we have to do all that again now? (laughs) Just wait till we get merchandise, Tom. And then we'll be shooting the merchandise. I've already started creating the merchandise. What kind of of merchandise are we going to get? Just a t-shirt with Pikachu. I listened to Syndrome Syndrome and all I got was this dick whip in the face. Um, (laughs) Of right. Pikachu on fire. I wish Ben <laughs> called me that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so it's goodbye for me. Bye for me. And goodbye for me. Who the fuck is Troy Salmon? <laughs>